Man, that's a wiggity wiggity whack. <laughs> All right, Brian, after the end of the episode, just before the music starts, whatever your last word is, you got to pick that out, throw that. That's the last thing before the music starts at the end. All right, Dak. 32, 20 ish. Wiggity whack. Yep. One of those. He said it I feel like I need to download Fruity Loops now and make a mix of the intro song with that, like, as the hook or something. <laughs> it's not my hook it's chris cross's hook all right <laughs> but it was perfected by andy i thought i thought theirs was the miggity miggity mac oh i thought they do both i think both. i think they do both oh okay that's why it's called return of the mac that's not the same person <laughs> i'm pretty pretty 80 percent 90 sure it is <laughs> mac morrison for return of the mac that is not chris cross it's mark morrison mark morrison damn yeah. it so close wait is that the guy that uh Wrote those X-Men books? No, that's Grant Morrison. <laughs> no, he wrote Batman. Wait, wasn't that... I thought that was Hugh Grant. No, he's the one that banged the stripper. <laughs> no, he or... banged a prostitute. What's the difference? You you wouldn't have got arrested for the stripper. just love how this conversation just basically like <laughs> one-upping each other the whole time. <laughs> like... <laughs> Hey, super friends! It's uh, it's Brian here. Look, uh, I I just want to get this out. It's a little bit of housekeeping stuff. When you get to the tail end of the episode, uh, we had some technical issues with Andy's audio, specifically Andy. Everybody else is good. Uh, where we kind of lost him at the end. So the, for the last twenty twenty five minutes of the show, he's noticeably absent. It just kind of dropped in the recording, which we didn't realize until I got the files back from everybody and tried to piece it together that that it was silent at the end. Um, I could have kept it in, but it wasn't doing anybody any favors. It would have been really awkward to listen to as we try to talk to Andy or Andy responds to something that was said and you hear us react to it or you hear us toss a question to Andy and then there's just dead silence in between all that stuff. So it's weird. Uh, so the only solution I had was to try to cut around and, and cut some of that stuff out. So at least the conversation continues, but we're not acknowledging Andy. So it's not that we were ignoring him. Uh, he was there. He did record with us at that point. Um, so it is a little bit sad that we had to lose some of that stuff. But that was the best case scenario for what uh, what ended up, ended up happening for the end of the show. Um, one thing I wanted to make sure did survive uh, was his rating for the movie. I knew what he gave it when we got to that point. So I just kind of threw a little something in there just so that it's it's in there on for the record for anyone keeping track of this stuff. That's, that's not us. Uh, it's in there. So you can at least hear what he gave the movie. Um, so again, I apologize for the, for the technical difficulties. We'll try to get that ironed out for the next time. I mean, we are like what over 200 episodes of the show. So I feel like the technical issues that we've had show up few and far between, but they do happen. Um, and at least when they do, I try to at least be a little bit more upfront with you guys that, Hey, this kind of hiccup happened and we're, you know, trying to do the best we could with it. So hopefully you will, uh, still enjoy the episode. It won't be as noticeable as I guess maybe I think, just because I've I've dealt with the episode enough editing that I I know that kind of stuff, but maybe it won't play as well or or stick out as much being edited the way it will. But 
anyway, I hope you enjoy. Um, I'm going to throw it out to the uh, beginning of the episode, so please enjoy our Constantine Rewind Theater. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Bright Guy and his Super Friends. I'm your host, Brian Labick. Joining me for this episode is Stoles. Andy Stoles, asshole. <laughs> What's up, podcast people? And just like Tonto or Robin is my much appreciated apprentice, Josh Zorch. Tonto or Robin? I guess those are acceptable. <laughs> those are good. Like, I mean, the one is kind of Put like... Put on your uh, green underwear. <laughs> Rip! Uh, next up, when he's not on the show, he's probably playing God with his own ant farm, Mike Bradley. He's not wrong, I guess. I mean, <laughs> that sounds kind of fun. Uh, and finally, descending from the white moon, wielding the spear of Longinus, Ian Leidig. Hey, guys. Check out my new book, Select Character One. In between Wikipedia snippets of 90s pop culture, read the tale of Ned Nerdly as he traverses the internet in Minecraft space to solve the Easter eggs left behind by Natch so he can gain controlling interest in the company that runs the Minecraft space servers while the world starves to deaths in ruined ghettos. If Ned controls, gains control of Minecraft space, you'll still be able to continue dying slowly, but you won't be paying microtransactions. Is that supposed to be your Man, rip-off that or... was wiggity wiggity wet. <laughs> Is that supposed to be your Ready Player One ripoff? It's uh no, it's not a ripoff. When you throw a bunch of pop culture stuff into something with a very vague storyline, it's its own unique thing that sells for hundreds of millions of dollars. It worked on me. I'm in. I did 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 I catch that the Halliday parallel in your story is named Natch? Yeah, it's a parody of Notch, so we don't have to pay him money. He's the guy that created Minecraft. And as ah, you may have told, my fake internet company was Minecraft Space, yes, which yes, is a combination sorry. of Minecraft and MySpace, because I will not get in trouble with Facebook. <laughs> That's fair. I just I, I like the uh, strong enunciation that you threw in there when you got to that part of Natch. It's always italicized and in all capitals <laughs> in the book. <laughs> is, that, is that how he says it himself? Well, he's dead. Oh, spoiler shit. <laughs> Andy, give me the spoiler warning. <laughs> you didn't give me any time. <laughs> well, he has a tick where he has to go, Natch! Okay. Every time. I just, that's why it's, it's gonna that way. It's going to play really I... well when I option this to yeah. Paramount+. Plus. <laughs> no, I. you know what? I, I can absolutely see Jim Carrey pulling that role off, you know? Mm. With some kind of, like, Tourette's-esque oh, no. twitch going to the for side. Kevin James. Oh, you want Kevin oh, James to do that? Yeah. He's going to go, Natch! Okay. <laughs> I'm peeking on my levels right now. <laughs> Fix it in post. Uh, all right, so we are back with our latest in our series of Rewind Theater episodes. Uh, if you haven't been keeping up, uh, Rewind Theater series is basically just an excuse for us to go back, revisit some old comic book movies that we haven't seen or either, you know, haven't seen or haven't seen in a while. Uh, our list is pretty expansive, so to take the pressure of, off of all of us, uh, we allow the Wheel of Fate to pick the we movie we're watching next. Uh, we always have two, franchise, two franchises and four standalone movies on the table at a time. So if you stick around to the end of the episode, that's when we spin the wheel to figure out what we are watching next. So for this episode, we are talking about 2005's Constantine. This was a movie directed by Francis Lawrence, who is another comic book movie that has a or comic movie director that has another large background in directing music videos. Uh, Constantine seems to be his first movie. After that, he did I Am Legend. Uh, is probably most well-known for directing three of the four Hunger Games movies. He did the later 
three. He didn't do the first one. Um, and we sort of talked a little bit before the show about his resume of music videos. So anything in his resume for you guys uh, that you could see sort of lending itself to his directorial debut of Constantine? Josh, you sort of brought this question up, so I'll start with you. Anything, anything that's sticking out to you? Uh, yeah, I was almost pausing because I figured somebody would jump in on. I think maybe one of the more obvious ones, uh, which is uh, Aerosmith's big soundtrack video song for "I Don't Want to Miss a Thing" for Armageddon. And when that, I I'm trying saw, to remember that video. I, was it more than just like clips of the movie? I mean, from what I remember, yeah, at least from a set design uh aspect um i mean granted it's been at least 15 to 20 years since i've seen that video but from what i remember of it the band portions of it um i think they were trying to give you the feel that like the band was playing on the asteroid or something um uh, okay i okay. hope they were playing in the hangar if that was i i, I remember I mean, maybe a lot they of did like both blue and silver dark time. light on the band during their okay. their pieces but uh, it's just in my head the the notion of putting that together um in a way that makes you feel that it is perhaps you know a grander scale and and maybe that's part of the the uh success of it is that the impression that I'm left all these years later is regardless of how much band footage there is in it I am left with the feeling that it is a, a bigger experience than it perhaps was. And if that's what you need to, you know, bring to the screen to execute, um, you know, that's the achievement, right? right? So, you know, something like that could be uh, w one of the potential, you know, key resume things that uh, the, the studio saw in him. Yeah. I mean, for uh, me, I Andy, see... anything stick out to you? Um, I didn't really look at the list of music video people, yeah, okay. honestly. Okay. Um, so no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mike, I know you had one you wanted to bring up. Uh, I mean, there's at least two that I want to bring up. Uh, one is Ghetto Superstar, um, which the was, Fugees. no, that's Pra's Old Lady Bastard and Maya. Uh, so some relation to the Fuji's a little bit there, but not the Fuji's themselves. Um, not that, not that, not that band, but it was, um, I don't know if you guys remember the movie Bullworth, but it's the same kind of thing with Aerosmith where they tied the movie into the music video where they, during the music video, they're kind of like roaming around a political rally for Bullworth. Um, it, it was a kind of a weird movie, but. It, it Wait, worked. The moose from Rocky and Bullwinkle ran for political office? Bullworth, not Bullwinkle. Oh, my bad. It was Warren Beatty. It was Warren Beatty that played Bullworth. Halle Berry, too, if I recall. Yes. Yeah, Halle Berry played Natasha. He, he plays... <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Um, it, it, it was a very well done video and all that. But... Um, there's a few others like of note in there that I'm sure Brian will bring up a couple of them because um, he's worked with a lot of very big names. Um, but I did promise I would mention he did Skater Boy for Avril Lavigne, which is a video I've never seen and a song I've only heard against my will. 
but I can only imagine it was just a plus amazing video, like amazing video for a song. Um, I feel like by the time this this episode is over, we're gonna have to make you watch the video just to say you've seen it now. <laughs> he also did uh, Lil Kim featuring Cisco. <laughs> how many licks? So Notice how he just, just skipped over that, that one, part. Just keep that one in mind as well. Uh, how many licks? He also did Adina Howard uh, freak. That's uh, what so, I just noticed too, and I was gonna bring that up too. I have no idea what that video is, but I remember that song, and that song is fantastic. Yeah, he's he's got some serious um sexual video vibes that he's he does <laughs> um you know in there I, I highly recommend i'm not going to list all the songs just look look at the list it, it, there's a lot yeah so. we're just pulling off of his imdb so if you just go to uh francis lawrence's imdb go to the director tab or the you know movies he directed just scroll down to the bottom literally like it seems like three-fourths of this thing is music videos and it's a big list yeah um, obviously if you know me, you know what type of, uh, like how big of a fan I have of, of Justin Timberlake. So he's got two JT videos in here. He's, he did, uh, Crimey River and, uh, Rock Your Body. So I don't know how well they lend to like Constantine or something, but I mean, he directed JT, so I, I'm on board. Um, you win. nothing else as far as music videos really stands out to me than other than those two. But again, that's enough for me. I'm, I'm, I'm there. I mean, Cry Me a River and Rock Your Body, that's two, like, mega hits from that time frame. I mean, Cry Me a River was a very moody type of music video. So I could see that maybe lending more to Constantine than, than Rock Your Body. Rock Your Body is just, like, stage and lights everywhere for that music video. I Honestly, I can say, like, that was past the time when I stopped watching music videos. Yeah. Like, MTV at that point was mostly garbage. Oh, uh, yeah. So I I didn't watch videos anymore. So, and I think we you know we even talked beforehand. Looking at the IMDb after Constantine, he did five, six, seven other music videos after that. So he did not stop doing music videos after he had a blockbuster movie. After he had two, because he did it after I Am Legend too. He has a couple in there too. Uh, yeah, it looks like seven music videos after. Yeah, he did Britney Spears, Lady Gaga, and Beyonce after. I am legend. Yeah. He also, so, yeah, I don't know if you saw it in there. He did. Let's get it started too for the black eyed peas. Oh, I missed that one. It's in there. Um, which was, that was actually an interesting video. Like when I think back to it, that was like, it was all over the place, but it had a lot going on. So, yeah. So yeah, I think we'll, we'll encourage anybody to go check out this list. Cause there's a lot of cool shit in there. So that's just kind of fun, fun to go through. Um, so back for Constantine, the film uh, stars Keanu Reeves, Rachel Weisz, Shia LaBeouf. Uh, I'm going to butcher this guy's name. Did Digimon Hounson? How do you Jimon say his last name? Hounsu. I think it's Jimon Hounsu. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to let Josh's pronunciation slide. Complicated. That's the closest looks. I'm going to get it. Yeah. I think it looks more uh, complicated than it is. That sounds respectful, at least. <laughs> Like Brian. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I gotta stop. Just I should just <laughs> let someone else game. read the names because I do it all the time where it sucks. So, so if someone wants to have the name duty, that's all you. Uh, also features Gavin Rossdale and Tilda Swinton. Uh, it is written by Kevin Broadbent, Broadbent and Frank Cap Cap. Oh, Jesus Christ, these aren't even complicated <laughs> names. Frank Capello, 
Uh, either one has done much of anything that I recognize. However, there's one thing that stood out to me on Frank Capello's writing credits. Looks to be the first movie he wrote. It was a film from 1991, starred Christopher Lloyd. There was one other big name on this movie. I don't want to say who it is yet, because I think it, it's a pretty big hint that gives it away. Any guess what movie Frank Capello's first writing credit was from, from 1991. 1991 with Christopher Lloyd? I'm not. I'm not. I, okay, so I, I'm not looking at his page, but I'm going to take a shot in the dark. Suburban Commando. <laughs> you are correct. Yes. The next hint would have been it stars Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan. Yeah, I, I couldn't come up with an early 90s Christopher Lloyd that had a big coast. It was either that or Camp Nowhere. That's <laughs> all I would have had for Lloyd for the 90s. Yeah, so we went from Constantine or from Suburban Commando to Constantine for this guy, which oh, in shit. itself was just a fun little thing to go through. But the other dude, um, Kevin Rodman, he did The Glimmer Man, which is a Steven Seagal film. It is. After Steven Seagal converted to Hinduism. <laughs> is it, isn't that Damon Wayans or Keenan Ivory Wayans? It's one of the Wayans is in that too. Right? One of the Wayans is in that too, and then Steven Seagal makes his character eat deer penis. Yeah, and there's literally a scene where Steven Seagal goes, <laughs> "Deer penis." <laughs> How recent is that film? Oh, 1996. Yeah, I was gonna say it's not. Wow. Okay. That was right when Steven Seagal like couldn't keep any weight off, and half of his fighting scenes involve him sitting. <laughs> <laughs> that was like i want to say that was what just a just a year maybe after under siege 2 i believe you are correct yeah i'm not that's also I'm when he guessing. kind of started just pumping shit out yeah <laughs> like under <laughs> siege 2 i remember movies. because that was on a train but that was also one of like the first um the or the first like uh hollywood appearances for katherine heigl was uh, Under Siege 2. And the best part about I, the Glimmer Man, that's not the name that, of the but... villain. That's Steven Seagal's name. The villain is the family man. Yeah. <laughs> well, that sounds fun. It was. I'm not sure how we wound up here, but we did. I'd recommend watching it. It's a lot of fun. There's a scene where they get in a fight at a restaurant because Steven Seagal's upset that the waiter's rude to him. That checks out. That sounds about right. Yeah. Coming back to Constantine, I'd like to point out you missed that Peter Stormare is in this. Uh, as who is he? Satan. Satan. Oh yeah. Okay. Yes, you're correct. I for whatever like I seen that guy in everything and I can't think of his name. So yeah, that he's that's always my fault. awesome though. I and I could tie that back to Armageddon. Yeah. He was the, the Russian up in the space station. Russian space station. Maybe that's yeah. how he got this. Was American pots, going Russian from pots, all made the uh, Aerosmith video, <laughs> Peter the Stormare. Let's, let's be honest. Yeah. Got him this job. That, that tie a, I mean, it's a far stretch, but we'll, we'll give it to you. He's got to have some uh, clout. He's in a bunch of shit. Uh, all right, so well, let's move was, on he to... He was in... Um, no, go ahead, Andy. Bad Boys, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah. Bad Boys. Bad Boys two. Two. Yeah. And, and Will so that's Smith the I am Legend. Him and yeah. See, see. And he's Slippery Pete. Slippery Pete. You can always rely on Slippery Pete. Seinfeld. Oh yeah. Oh my God, he is. <laughs> oh, I haven't thought of that. Oh wow, you just blew my mind. <laughs> 
Isn't he in John Wick 2? Doesn't he open John Wick 2? Yeah. Yep. Yep. There you go. See, See there's a Keanu connection. So, uh, which Kevin Bacon film is he in? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like he's been in a lot of films that we're not even thinking of, so I'm sure right. there has to be a Kevin Bacon connection. Yeah, he's a character actor, so he's been in a lot. Yeah. This entire project, nay, perhaps my participation in this entire podcast for almost six years was worth it just for Ian to point out <laughs> that Peter Stormemeyer was that guy in Seinfeld. <laughs> uh, all right, so budget for the movie. Any guesses what the film's budget was? 110. Okay. 24. <laughs> 88 million 24 million or 24 dollars whichever's closest to the correct answer <laughs> uh josh 88 million mike 110 andy was closer until mike it was 100 million ah oh, damn so mike got the closest this this whole thing is just proving how little I know about how much movies cost until <laughs> the 2010s. I mean, they all skyrocket in the 2000s, I feel like. Everything just goes up. Special effects uh, budgets. Worldwide box office total. Guesses. For 2005. 173.27. <laughs> 173,270,000 for me and... I thought you were stealing my answer. <laughs> no, no, I was go just saying your you. answer. Just to, um, worldwide. Um, I, for some reason, I don't think this. So, you said well, the budget was what a hundred? Hundred million. I'll say they doubled it. Two hundred. I'll say they tripled it. Three hundred. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to I'm go in the lower end. One fifty. Uh, Mike was closest again. $231 million. Damn it. Oh, good for it. No, this isn't it. This is Constantine. Do we have, like, worldwide <laughs> versus U.S.? Anything? Any, like, totals, like, to do better overseas or to do better here? I think traditionally everything does better overseas, but let me check it out quickly. Star Wars doesn't. Well, that's true. This did 75 and a half U.S. Yeah, so yeah, so it did better overseas. Okay. Yeah, 150 like, almost 155 international. That's about normal, like double overseas what it does here. Yeah. Yeah. So that that tracks. Um going around to everybody, I'll start with uh Andy. First time viewing or rewatch for you? Oh no, I've seen this movie multiple times. Okay. Uh, Ian, first time or rewatch? First. What'd you say? First. 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 Josh. Uh, yep. Uh, multiple. Mike. Same. I've seen it a few times. Okay. Yeah, this is the first time viewing for me. I've I've caught pieces. I feel like like on TV when it's on TNT or something. Uh, but this is the first time I actually sat down and watched it from beginning to end. So I'm gonna call this first time. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes ratings. Critic comes in at 46%. Ooh. Audience comes in at 72%. Uh, 
Uh, Metacritic, the meta score is 50. User score, 8.7. Wow, that's a high user score. Uh, we'll start, I'll start with Andy again. Uh, agree, disagree with the scores. Um, I feel like the Rotten Tomatoes is low, so I will agree with the 70-something percent. Okay. Uh, Ian, any of the scores? Hey, I think it's very clear that the Metacritic, I believe it was, that had, was at the 87 or 8.7 8. audience. 8.7, yeah. That clearly has gotten the 2010's Keanu bump. <laughs> of just his growing popularity of people going back and rereading his whole catalog, I think, on Metacritic now. Very well um, I definitely point. think, just like everything else, though, the critics don't enjoy stuff as much as everyone else, but I think it's also because of how the ratings are compiled. Yeah. But yeah, I, this is a very enjoyable movie. I'd lean more towards audience on here, as um, I think all of my scores imply. <laughs> That's a fair point. Uh, Mike, what do you think of the scores? Um... Yeah, I mean, I, I tend to agree with Ian. I think I, I'd lean more toward the audience end than the critic end on this, but, you know, I don't know that, um, I like, I'm not entirely sure how to rate it. I feel like it. I enjoy it. You know what I mean? I enjoy the movie. Yeah. But I don't know like what kind of rating I, I give it. Like I really haven't thought about like where my rating is and like what actual rating I would give it yet. Well, you got till the end of the episode to figure it out. I know it's a tough one. To, for me, it's a <laughs> tough one to rate. Cause it's like, I like it and I can't, you know, I'll get into it, but it, yeah, we'll talk it out difficult. with you. Maybe that'll help you hone down where your, where your rating falls. Uh, Josh, what do you think of the scores? Um, I, I think I'm I'm surprised that user scores are as high on Metacritic, but I don't dislike the movie whatsoever. Um, and there, there might be some recency bias involved there, as Ian was mentioning. And, well, not for the movie, obviously, but as he said, sort of the Keanu resurgence the last few years. I would be curious to go back and look at um, any of the posted critics' reviews, if they've left specific comments, because I feel like there's a lot in this movie to really like. So I mm -hmm. would be curious to know where they picked things out for the uh, you know culmination of all their their scores and ratings to end up where they did. So I'm probably more aligned with the like rot like around Rotten's Tomato fan scores, seventy ish, seventy two. Yeah, like but uh, like between there or the eight point seven somewhere in that range. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think I'm, I myself, generally speaking, I'm actually very surprised how much I liked this movie. Uh, so I'm definitely more in line with, I think, the user score for Metacritic, 8.7-ish, is where I'm sort of falling right now. We'll see over the course of our discussion if, if you guys start dinging it, if it's going to bring me down at all. But for right now, I feel like I'm riding high on this movie. Well, and what I wanted to point out, too, like, on Metacritic, 8.7 is very high. Like, yeah. I'm just saying, just in general, for the site and the way they calculate scores and all that, you don't see a lot of movies go above, like, 8.5. It's not quite like other sites. Right. So, that's a, that's a very high rating there. Yeah, I will agree. 
Alright, so we're going to get into it, but before we do, uh, we're going to throw out the spoiler warning. So if you have not seen Constantine and do not want any spoilers, please pause us now. Come back to us after finishing the movie. We'll wait. Spoiler! Spoiler! You know, something like that. Uh, Alright, so we are in spoiler territory. So we're going to start just going around. We're going to start with likes or dislikes. What do you guys think? Oh, oh that's the question. Um, yeah. D- do dislikes oh, first. Likes. Always. Likes? Oh. Okay. All right. Uh, any volunteers? I'll go. Yes. All right. Josh, you're up first. Although uh, Ian said yes before my, my hand was up. So I'm not sure if he was just saying there was a volunteer or if he was volunteering himself. Too late now. Yes. You've been called on. Just <laughs> it'll go second. All right. Um, I yeah. Honestly, I'd say I I have I saw this movie in theaters actually, and I remember not knowing anything about it, not understanding it was part of a comic book universe that was based on that or anything. I just thought it was sort of a demon and uh, exorcism supernatural kind of movie, and. This is maybe only the third or fourth time I've actually watched it. The last time um, was maybe about two years ago. And uh, something about re-watching it the other night, I really, really enjoyed it. Like, way more than I have, even more, you know, in the past. So I don't have a whole lot bad to say about this movie, but I also don't have, like, specific glowing things about it. I just think it's fairly solid. From beginning to end, there's a couple little points to make, you know, critiques and whatnot, um, opportunities, I'd say, like places they could have done better. But honestly, I don't think there's all that much bad in here. It's just good. It's like very well put together. Um, so I guess my positive list, or again, I just sort of do that like observational thing. Um, this was, I, I think, Jaman Hansu's first comic book uh based feature film or property of any kind he was involved in and he actually has a very especially compared to most a pretty extensive uh resume in that area um this was 2005 in 2010 he was the voice of black panther in a uh some kind of animated series that was done he then appears in guardians of the galaxy in 2014 reprises that role in 2019 in Captain Marvel. Uh, just before that came out, he was in Aquaman, which he did mocap and a voice for, I think, one of the kingdom, uh, one of the other under, like, one of the uh, Oceanic Kingdoms. Yeah. He was one of the kings, I believe. Um, and then just a few months after both of those, he was also in Shazam. So he has a pretty extensive, like I said, like, walking between two worlds resume on that. Yeah. I'd cut in here as well to let you know that he also started in music videos as a dancer. Really? Mm -hmm. Did you do any quick cross-referencing to see if he appeared in any of Francis Lawrence's? Tina Turner. Um, I I believe Francis Lawrence did work with Janet Jackson, but not with the two of them together. Ah. I did not know about that in his background. That's pretty cool. I didn't either. Um... I guess positives. I like that any of the hellscape scenes are, and this isn't the first place to do it. It's not certainly the last. It's not necessarily the best of it, but I like their execution of it. I like the imagery of it, and I also like the fact that it's they. they this is one of the cases where they portray hell as like an alternate ruined Earth. 
that almost in a way like you could going from you know the living world to hell is almost like you're not changing your position in that plane you're going to like almost the same exact place in a different plane it's like the upside down in a way yes yeah and specifically in in portrayals of heaven versus hell and christian mythology and all that kind of stuff um just the idea that you can go a lot of different places with hell and we saw that in spawn um but the idea that the the worst place imaginable is a horrible version of where you already are um yeah. just kind of resonates with me i like that imagery um did anyone catch the what i thought was a sort of uh yoda ish uh star wars piece of dialogue uh when keanu and rachel vice are talking about his history and his background and uh she he explains how he committed suicide as a teenager and she says you tried to kill yourself he said i didn't try anything because he succeeded i think I, he died. I i heard it at the time i didn't really put two and two together but yeah i like that i get it no, I, I, I think did really enjoy him like the way he delivered that line because a lot of times I think with Keanu, he struggles to deliver dialogue that builds character. But like that one, sure. That one I think got like the combination of like how little Constantine kind of cares about himself, but at the same time, like, and also how much he kind of like treats this lady poorly throughout the movie. <laughs> Which is not wrong. <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, I like the, uh, this is like jumping all the way to like the end of the movie already, but um, I like how the un, you know un, the unfortunate people in the the hospital who get turned, if you will, like uh, possessed by. Um, I guess it's not really Satan, but at that point it's still his son and whatnot. Um, that it it's almost like the idea of like demon zombies. Yeah. In in their mannerisms, the way that they have like no agency over their bodies, they're kind of still being controlled by this other source you know with zombies it's the idea of a, a virus a germ a thing something's happening to their biology that's that's the driver um, but in this way it was kind of a a demon or a possession a, a supernatural force whatever is happening there where that thing doesn't have like full control of its host and and so the way that those things interacted with uh constantine and their environment um i thought was really cool while we're on that scene. one, did you catch who makes a cam? Well, I don't know if it's a cameo, but who's in that scene? Yes, I had to look it up. Him. I was like, "Is that her?" Because I was like, "She's I know her face, and yeah, that is her." I was so very we surprised. Did same thing. We looked it up. We're like, "Why? Wait, was that her?" And I, I, I said to Sarah, "This wait, this was the same year that Mission Impossible Three came out, so it's not like oh, she yeah. was a like nobody struggling actress." Or, and I, I couldn't find what the connection was like who who knew who that was like hey michelle come on to set for the day we're just across the lot <laughs> you'll be on she screen for done, like three seconds she would have done kiss kiss bang bang before that right that um, would have been that was 2005 earlier. too i think that was the same year i believe so so on that same oh, note, yeah, i'll ask you josh if you caught i think you're the only one here that would have caught it did you catch the uncredited cameo in that same moment it's uncredited. I've not seen the person that appears on screen 
credited anywhere. I've not seen the character credited as somebody else. I, it's not in their IMDb. It's something that I didn't even notice because I never knew who this person was the last time I had seen the movie. But now I watched it and I instantly recognized them. I, I guess not. I mean, that almost sounds like a riddle at this point, but nothing else is coming to uh, mind, so I'll say I don't know. Christian or Christian Serratos. Really? Is one of the first of those demon things you see. Cool for Walking Dead fans. Yes. Yeah, I, I was, I was, I was like, like, should I know who that is? No, no, I don't. No. But like the first like woman you see when it pans over it. I looked at yeah. it, I rewinded it like three times to make sure, like, is that her? And I'm like, yeah. it looks exactly like her. And I can't find a credit anywhere that says who that is specifically. You know what I mean? Like, it's not accredited. But it seems like very obvious part. that it's her. Right. Yeah. It was, it was, it was, since there was maybe no speaking line, there was no reason to have it mentioned formally anywhere. But um, no, I did not catch that. I'll have to just cue that up real quick later to, to catch that. That's really cool. Um, I would say, our uh, gentleman we were just talking about a few minutes ago, Peter Stormare. I think that's amazing casting. I love his approach to portraying satan um was just so very chill in a way like he's just like i'm here like this is a business meeting this is just something i gotta do yeah this is part of the deal um i love that they put the you know antichrist the the opposite of god in a white suit yeah that was it that was an interesting choice i really like that and... I feel like they're really trying to invoke that like southern businessman thing with that. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. it, it, the whole combination worked well. Um, and this almost—I I don't think I've ever noticed this line before. When he first gets there, and John lights up a cigarette or asks, "Like, do you mind if I smoke?" Basically, and he said, "Oh no, no, go ahead. I've got stock." Yeah. And he just <laughs> continues on. I didn't ever catch like what he meant was, "Yeah, I Satan like own stock in the cigarette companies." <laughs> That's genius. That's funny. Um, as something I'll bring up as this is sort of like a halfsy, like half. Like, well, it's definitely a negative slash critique, um, mixed with like the other half positive of it. Other than the scene of Gavin Rosdale's like half missing acidified face and all that, which I didn't, I think does not look well and doesn't hold up as a special effects shot. I thought in in general the special effects and everything else looked really good. Still, I know the, I know the movie's only 15 years old, but there wasn't anything else that I said like, oh yeah, that that immediately looks dated and and bad, and they obviously you know pinched pennies on those effects or whatnot. I I thought it looked really well done. Um, and then the only other thing I would have is like a slight critique. It's not even a negative, really. It's just a thing. I I wish they would have shown a visual of Satan allowing Isabel to ascend from hell to heaven. Because it's just one of those, like, I am Satan, and I close my eyes and will it, and okay, John, now it's done. Just given what they offered us visually in the rest of the movie, I would have loved to see what these creators would have envisioned to vis visually portray that to us. I think that could have been really interesting. Uh, other, than that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, other than that, yeah. Other than that, that's my positive-ish notes. I just really so enjoyed the movie. Uh, on that same note you were saying there, that would have been, to, to see that visually, would have been a chance for them to just briefly, for even just a moment, give you that vision of what 
the heaven version is like. Because presumably mm-hmm. if hell is a hellscape version of Earth, it's just the same kind of thing for heaven, but nice as opposed to not nice, you know? Yeah, pause. and you kind of almost get that glimmer moment when John himself is starting to ascend. And, I mean, for me personally, I don't know if I cared as much to see what they would have made heaven look like as opposed to just showing me how does a soul travel from one to the other what is that journey what is that intermediary road look like um but yeah other than that uh it was cool well i think that's part of why they didn't show it is like the kind of the overarching story is how hard it is to get into heaven like and that's and gabriel wanted to make it even harder so i think they didn't want to show it because we haven't earned it yet Ooh, okay. Yeah, I like Very that. meta. I like it. Uh, Ian, we'll spin from that. Do you want to go ahead and run your list? I really like that they didn't show heaven because I think it really <laughs> made the audience think they had to earn their spot in heaven. <laughs> Good point. Yes, continue. <laughs> um, I really geeked out in the beginning when they um when they're digging in. I not sure what desert they're digging in. But they pull out the um, spear and the Nazi flag, and it, they label it the Spear of Destiny. I was like, oh shit, that's the Spear of Longinus, because I, I freaked out, because that's a very heavy thing in the anime Neon Genesis Evangelion. So I was really marked out for the spear there, and I like I was like, why do I know everything about this spear already? <laughs> and then they went on to tell us about it, but I thought that was cool. I was kind of startled at the Nazi flag. Because it was pretty pristine for being like in the dirt and stuff. Like it was a pretty well kept Nazi flag. So I wonder if that was from a prop house or like someone owned one already. Then it, it looked like it was in too. a box when yep. they were cutting through. It looked like they went through wood when they were digging. So like when they pulled it out, it was in a. Well, he didn't really dig it. I mean, his foot went through it. Yeah. I guess I thought it was maybe like a collapsed house or something. You know, not like I don't know. I'm just saying it looked, it looked like it was yeah. still like in a in a in a space, not necessarily like compacted with dirt. True. Um, I also liked we get back to John's apartment and he's setting down a cigarette. I thought this was took early enough where cigarettes didn't automatically go out and that made me real nostalgic for back when cigarettes didn't automatically burn out, but then it did anyways, and that actually upset <laughs> me a little bit because it made me realize how old I am. <laughs> Um, I also with um the the early when the is it Isabella's sister her twin when she dies I really like the the which, I guess when she thinks she sees her die in her dream I really like the pool shot like in the pool like that thought that was really cool and well done I'm yeah. pretty sure that was from the Black Eyed Peas music video though <laughs> pretty sure they used that same shot I, I it actually... also was very reminiscent of the shot we got in Bloodshot where Vin Diesel's creeping on the lady through the <laughs> pool. <laughs> I have Always the exact same note about that shot from under the water and all that. That was amazing. That was a really I cool really, shot. I, I That was really nice. I wonder how much time they had to spend on that because that, that was really well done. Um, and then this was, I guess, because one of the things I think Keanu struggles with is um, playing an actual character when you can't just throw yourself into his role as like a blank everyman. I think he does a good job of that. Like if Neo and I think John Wick similar where especially in the first John Wick, I think everyone can get upset about your dog being killed. Even <laughs> if you never owned a dog, like you feel that. But when he has to convey like emotion where you can't just throw yourself in like in speed, like he, he doesn't work as well as an actor. So it was nice to see early on they were giving him a lot of like comedy bits too, because it felt really tight. Like in the um, first exorcism, 
but when he's at the hospital and he's getting the elevator and she's like, oh, going down, and he's like, I hope not. You know, he's referencing hell, but also being like, I'm not getting this fucking door from you. This isn't worth enough, me holding this door to get me into heaven, so I'm not going to do it. You know, it was like that. Like, he realized he needs big gains, too. He's not just an ass. He's, like, an ass where I'm only going to do nice if I think it's worth a lot of points, you know? I think Very that really helped build the Constantine character. Yes. Calculating. Um, I really like the bug stuff when he's at the gas station or whatever, and he just, like, bug smacks some shit, and, like, it gets all <laughs> over the dude's windshield and fuck. Like, I just thought that was really cool looking. Like, that monster was kind of horrifying. Like, even for the dated CGI it was, because it's, like, it's just bugs and snakes. Like, that's all it fucking was. Like, it's Indiana Jones's worst nightmare come to life. <laughs> and then Keanu Reeves just smacks the shit out of it. <laughs> I thought this was also funny, speaking of, I mentioned John Wick, that the, um... Uh, Midnight has the exact same fucking rules as the, all the prop all the assassination properties from John Wick, where you're not allowed to fight in them. <laughs> I thought that was just funny. Like, you know, ten years later, he's in another movie with the same rule sets. <laughs> I hadn't picked up on that before. You're absolutely right. Yeah, that's a good point. Then I really liked um later on when Isabella comes to, I guess I don't I guess visit him or convince him to like help her investigate her sister's suicide murder. Is Isabella was the sister. Isabella Angela. was the sister. Angela. She's credited Angela. as both. I guess that's what's throwing me off because they're twins. Yeah. Right. Angela's the living one. So Dodson shows up to his apartment. <laughs> Dodson, right before... we've got Dodson here. I thought the same thing. You beat me to it. Dodson. And right before that, I'm John. Uh, John, Jesus, Keanu. <laughs> <laughs> I guess his name is John in this. Fuck. This is John. Still everything. Works. You can just Still call works. him John. He's always John. So Neo blows smoke <laughs> in this cup. The the kill paralyzed the spider which is actually a microcosm for john's life where he's stuck in this holding pattern knowing once this cup's lifted essentially when his life ends he's going to hell and it's the worst thing ever so he knows once he lifts this the spider comes out and comes back alive to haunt him as well so i thought that was a really neat uh cinematography trick to use like that as like a microcosm of the overall arching story here You're and then later deeper in this than i thought you would this is pretty cool i'm liking this <laughs> And then this this is not this is not deep at all. I just really enjoyed this. <laughs> when he gets back from hell and he's just like, I need to eat. <laughs> I'm just like, me too, brother. I get that. I identify with that, Keanu. <laughs> those those hell trips wear me out too. My blood sugar just <laughs> yeah. plummets. I was disappointed we didn't actually see if he ate. Yeah, we did. Yeah, did we, we did. Yeah. Is that when they go yeah, to that went to sidewalk that... diner? Yeah. Yeah, with the eggs. Yeah, like right after that. They're like getting like a Grand Slam breakfast. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay, I vaguely. <laughs> I guess I didn't piece. Yeah, good. Put that as a note. My negatives. That, that, that should, Ian, that should bump up your score at least like 0. 0.2 points because they did Continuity, play that yeah. out. Then I I I can't remember. I feel like this was from Archer, but when that fat priest shows up in um the morgue, I just was thinking of like some guy stopped and be like, "Hey, it's fifty bucks to fuck one of these bodies." <laughs> it's just the, that was a joke for me from I think Archer. I really really like that. I mean, we just rewatched Kill Bill, so that's like half a step away from from Buck. Yeah. <laughs> um, the pussy wagon. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember what was the name of the guy that works at the bowling alley? Beeman. Yeah. Beeman fuck. 
I saw it on here. I'm like, there's no way the guy that dies the bugs is called Beeman. That'd be dumb. <laughs> so, Willie Beeman. I, I like the Beeman. Like, he, he just had a... His character worked really well. I liked the way he talked. He just found this stuff, and he knew to get the cough syrup, which I thought was funny that our hero's abusing, like, prescription-strength cough syrup. And I'm like, maybe that's why you're seeing stuff, John. Maybe you don't <laughs> interact with the devils. You're just, just like the priest is always drunk. You're always high on cough syrup. Maybe that's the problem, John. I feel like that guy was, like, the Q, you know, like the James Bond Q for Constantine. He's like, here, I found this cool oh, thing. Yeah. Go kill shit with it. I, f- I, found, I found the Hell Bible. It has seven more seven more passages of the Corinthians than our human Bible. Yeah. That, that makes any sense. But that's not really a negative because I didn't really care about that. Oh, so this is, I guess, more of a general question. I thought it was cool. So there's um, she's the Isabella Dotson, Angela, Angela Dotson, Isabella is running in the pool. Do you think pool running is harder than swamp running? That's a good question. Mm. I, I think go they both struggled with running in those scenes. I gotta go with swamp <laughs> running being tougher just because you're digging into like mud and slime mm-hmm. to try and yeah. push off, whereas you got a hard surface. It's gonna surface be thicker. The There's gonna be gunk at the bottom. Oh yeah, swamp swamp running definitely takes the gold. Yeah. So then I would. This is, I guess, another final question. I kind of with the ending. I liked it. You know, John essentially to try and stop the world from being ruined, essentially summons the devil by killing himself for the thirdish time or whatever. Mm-hmm. And do you, was that a Batman gambit where you need everything to go perfectly by expecting everyone to act just like you expect them to act to solve the crime, you know, to stop the incident from happening? Was this a classic Batman gambit? I think it was him having no other options. Yeah. At that, like, point. if he does, if he does, if he doesn't do that, there is literal hell on earth. No, Which is what way, hell is. It's a Hail Mary. <laughs> and it worked. I think that's what it is. Ian, is your is your question presupposing that that was part of the plan from some point before that? I always got the impression that he, like, at that time, realizing where things lay, was like, oh, shit, I need to do something. I, oh, this might work. I think in my head, I'm thinking it was always part. It was not the plan, but it was a plan. Okay. He knew it was like it, it was a tactic he could pull out if because they never just occurred to him in that moment. From what I can tell, they never ended up really using the special shotgun shells because they're still in the gun at the end. And he shot that way more times than they made shells, so it's clear he was using different shells. I think all the other times mm. they they have a couple of gun issues in this where I feel like things get shot way more than normal. Like at the end when she sees the guy that finds the spear. Mm-hmm. You know, at that pool, and she fires off the handgun a, a solid thirty or forty times. <laughs> it's just like they, she they... didn't reload at any point. There, she just keeps firing and firing and firing. So on that point, I don't think they took what you're thinking into consideration when they filmed they that didn't... scene. I, I feel like they just ignored that. They didn't have the uh, John Wick stunt coordinator right off camera counting the bullets and making the cuts and saying reload. <laughs> that I also really enjoyed Shia LaBeouf in this. I thought he did amazing, and I can't believe what happened to him. After like considering this was like really good from him, and mm-hmm. then just every his rest of his life happened essentially. <laughs> to, to be fair, Shia LaBeouf on camera most times is pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. It's just off camera he's batshit insane. So it's you know it's it's a whole different. Mm-hmm. 
thing for him on and off, but he's actually a really, really talented performer. Yeah, I, I haven't seen that. I haven't seen too too much of his more recent stuff of the last couple of years yet, um, like Peanut Butter Falcon or uh, Honey Boy specifically, but um, it's a couple of years old at this point. But that, uh, like, I think it's World War One or Two. That's just called like the tank movie. I think it's called Fury. 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 Yeah. Fury. Yeah. He's really good in that. But I guess my issue with that one though is how bad he was on set. Well, yeah, Where he was trying to method act and he just smelled like shit for three weeks. <laughs> I hadn't heard those stories. Oh, he refused he... to bathe because he couldn't bathe in in character because they wouldn't have bathed. Makes sense. Yeah, it it, it um. He he's he's an interesting case of a human being, but he uh again I'll I'll defend what he does on screen, not off screen. <laughs> and then um I guess finally like Josh had mentioned it earlier, Peter Stromer was fantastic in his screen time. I really liked at the end when John says you know they got the spear of Longinus in the next room, and he like comes in at him and like almost clicking his teeth, going resist another con. I just loved the delivery there. I feel like it took one take. It was just perfect. I, I really enjoyed that. I mean overall, I loved this movie. I have barely any notes because I did. I was too busy watching the movie. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree. Sp- speaks volumes. Uh, Andy, what do you got? Did you take notes? Um, I did not take notes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no. stay consistent. <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought the performances were all good, save for one. Um, I did not care for Gavin Rossdale in this movie. Um, I thought everyone else did a really, really good job. You know, I liked Keanu. I liked Rachel Vice. I liked Peter Stormare. Um. Chaz Kramer was awesome. Um, yep. Uh, what's her name that played Gabriel was good. Always. Uh, Tilda. Yeah. Tilda Swinton, yeah. Um, Dejamin, whatever that guy's name is, was <laughs> awesome. Um, I really liked that a lot of these special effects, like, held up, in my opinion. Like, I sort of expected to be like, the demons look chintzy. They're kind of lame. But when they're out on the street, you know, and he's like, that's flapping. And she's like, what do you mean? And then you see them all, like, with when he lights the, whatever the hell he lights in the street. Yeah. And that's that's a cool scene where they all just, you sort of see them sort of, like, getting burned up by what he's doing to them. And, uh, like, that was cool. Really cool. You know, I just, I feel like that would have been something that would have made me say, like, this movie doesn't hold up. But it does. Yeah. Um... I like this story for the most part. There's a couple of stretches that kind of bother me, but I like the uh, the heaven and hell play on everything. I thought that was really cool. I wish they would have uh, gone into a little bit more detail about some of the symbols that they were using, like the bulletproof vest amulet. Would would like that to have been fleshed out a bit. Um, uh my <laughs> the weapons were cool my favorite weapon was the uh the um the holy brass knuckle that he used oh, yeah. on <laughs> on Gavin Rossdale i thought that was really fucking cool where he's just like yep boom <laughs> and he's just out it's it's cool um also like the uh the cat joke you know cats are good they're in they're half in half out anyway <laughs> yeah <laughs> i thought that was pretty funny my cat gave me uh 
daggers when I told her that she was <laughs> half in and half out. Anyway, <laughs> um, let me think of other things that I thought were cool. I I just really enjoy the movie, and I did not ever like having seen this movie probably eight to ten times. Never knew there was an after credits stinger in this movie. I did not. Had you yeah. not said anything, I wouldn't have thought about it either. Yeah, and it just all of a sudden, like something started happening. Like I, Jess and I were talking about the movie. I'm like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> and I'm like watching it. I'm like, "This is really cool." <laughs> it was. It was neat. I mean, it, I'm assuming that means that Chaz Kramer is now one of the um, Gabriel influencers, as he was saying. I assumed he took where, the spot you know, of Gabriel. Yeah. Oh, he was like he. he took, a vacancy uh, in the Angels. Yeah. So he, so he's one of those like you know how um. Keanu sort of explains it as like, they're influencers. Like one word, one way or the other, will influence a lot of decisions in your life and whatnot. Yeah. The, ha- the half. While race. he's ex- yeah, at, while he's explaining this, the thing with the. The priest drinking all the alcohol in the liquor store is happening and you sort of see, you know, the influencer on the evil side and then you see the angel on the other side sort of like trying to be like, oh shit, like this guy's dying in my arms. So is he like an angel? Is he just in heaven or is he, you know, an influencer? Oh, I see what you're saying. I feel like like they implied all of the angels are influencers in a way. Like, otherwise, I mean, unless Gabriel just happens to be named Gabriel and not is the angel Gabriel, I guess. I took that to mean that's the actual, like, Archangel Gabriel. But then I'm thinking right. all angels are influencers then if the highest ranking, like, angel is one. Well, I mean, Gabriel and Michael and there was one other one that were, like, rebels, essentially, among the angels. Mm-hmm. Well, Gabriel's role in this, I didn't take as much to mean that she was one of the influencers like the other characters they were describing. To me, like the way that John interacts with her, it was almost like she was a liaison to heaven. Okay. I I can accept that. We we never really see her do influencing. But, but it, like, the thing I think is different is that the influencers are actually, at least in the case on the good side, they're alive. They're they're humans that are half-breeds as opposed to people that have actually died. They're alive. Whereas Chaz dies and then is ascended to be an angel, I guess. Yeah. So he went to heaven and became an angel. I think is what they were trying to get at. Whether it's like replacing Gabriel or not, I don't know. Well, I guess that would have been my next question. Is he is he replacing the vacancy since Gabriel turned out to be the villain? Or is it just a just a general angel? I I don't know if we can answer that in any way. Although I, I heard whispers a couple of months ago, maybe with like the last two months, honestly, that there not that there might be, but rumors about a Constantine two finally i think that's what yeah, Andy was just talking about that. yeah when and, this uh, came up on the wheel last time i think he brought that up the last episode we did oh yeah. okay and uh i mean if that's the case like i i who knows like whatever 15 16 17 years later once they might actually get around to it i would love like bring shia back 
like put him in an angel yeah. role make that's like I'd, I'd, I'd love to that. see that yeah yeah maybe, I'm maybe, on board. I think that's maybe that could answer the question for us yeah um I think that's about it for my positives um specifically at least uh, I mean I this is a great movie uh, I'm a big fan so all right, sounds good. Uh, Mike, we'll spin over to you. Okay. Um, I'll hit on things that uh, I guess nobody else touched on, as opposed to my whole list here, because most of it's been discussed. Uh, first and foremost, for those that stopped over from the stream last night, the top-down shot was Keanu, by the way. It was. That was Keanu Reeves. Um, other things I have down, when she first... Um, when Angela is first talking about, like, uh, I think she's in the confession when she's talking about how she can see things happening and she's, like, killing people that are doing bad mm. things. We never get more context on that. It's to, like, who was she killing or what was happening? We never get, like, a, just a look back at it. Was she killing bad influencers or was she just killing bad people or what was happening there with her as a cop, you know? using her weapon a lot more often than others i don't you know yeah with i mean some of the other actions that she mentions that i took as uh, her words at other points sounded like i knew where not to be to avoid danger and i knew how to react in order to you know put down the people that were bad or or dangerous i don't know if i took that as she's um like the people that the things she's referencing may not actually be like the negative influencers the demonic ones but just in her role as law enforcement per se she can either like she has a sixth sense to whatever you know degree you want to envision that well right and to me that that's actually why this wound up being a positive point because it reminded me of the rick and morty episode where they get a hold of the crystals that show them when they're going to die so they can just kind of look and see what's about to happen and they can avoid death at all costs um and choose when to do the right thing so I, like in my mind i put those two things together and i was like huh i like that i don't know um let's see what else do i have is positives um i feel like the scene where they have the priest uh what is his name in this father hennessy um drowning in alcohol which uh, yeah i know he, he he he's Hennessy. He drowns in alcohol. <laughs> um, but I, I felt like it was a very well shot scene. Like the whole like progress of it. You're wondering what the hell's going on. What the hell's going on? And then all of a sudden he's you know dead from what he did. And you're not realizing exactly what's happening the first time you watch this. Like so, Brian, you were seeing this for the first time. Having seen it for multiple times, I knew what was happening, but. That had to be kind of like, what the hell's actually happening right now? What's going to be the resolution of what he's doing? Um, I mean, I guess at that point, I think I kind of got that he was going to die. I couldn't figure out how he was dying. Right. Since that, that, he wasn't able to drink anything, so that was still kind of like, what the hell's going on? But yeah, I, I had a feeling he was going to go. Right. Um, I think... One I have the same note about the the holy brass knuckles is what is that what I referred to them those that was amazing I can't that was just awesome um 
And Is it holy I, I, brass knuckles or holy hand grenade better? <laughs> you know, only if it's the holy hand grenade of Antioch. <laughs> <laughs> that, that'd be a tough choice. The castle. I, like uh... I'm, I might go holy brass knuckles though, just because <laughs> you know the holy hand grenade's a one-off. You toss it, mm-hmm. you use it, it's done. The brass knuckles are there. You just got them. You know, you can punch multiple people. I guess it's if you if you're worried you're gonna go up against the final devil or a bunch of littler devils. <laughs> right. Exactly. What 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 version are we going for? Um and I took the I, to me, I, I think we had, you know, the reference earlier to um Star Wars and Yoda. I had my own personal it doesn't happen in the movie, but it's like my reaction to the scene was a very Ghostbusters reaction. Um so my reaction was the same as when somebody asks if you're a god, you say yes. Do any of you know what I'm referring to as to what scene made me think that? No. Yeah, off the top of my head, I got nothing. Nope. So Angela asks John when she's getting ready to be drowned to death and or whatever, and she does it in a very like unfitting for the moment way. Do I have to take all my clothes off? And he says no. Mm. When she asks you After that, you just say yes. <laughs> you know, he does think about it. That's what I mean. But then he says no. If a girl asks you if she has to take all her clothes off, just say yes. Just don't. You, there, there's no. Like, just say yes. You don't have to think about it, especially when she seems fairly willing and flirtatious about it. Well, that's going back into the whole John and his real major issue is he's like, that. that's. It could be a sexual relation outside of wedlock, which would bring him back closer to hell. So he's weighing his options, like, how many more demons do I have to slay if I do this? That's what he's weighing. That's what he's thinking about. That moment. <laughs> how many demons do I gotta slay if I slay that ass, is what you're saying. <laughs> uh, you know, now that I think of it that way, it, it makes me actually really like that scene. So this goes from being like a potentially like a negative what's he thinking to actually a, a high positive. Um, I didn't think of it in those terms, but... I but like even on it. the surface, I feel like that's a pretty good comedy beat for that part of the movie. Yeah. It is. It's it's still just like, just say yes. Like, I mean, it's... Um, but, I mean, in, in the moment, like, even, even inside the movie, if you think, like, he knows he's about to almost drown her to, to death without her knowing what's about to happen. Had he unnecessarily also had her get naked... <laughs> That, that that would have compounded how much she was pissed at him, probably. I mean, yeah, but it seemed like she was willing to take a, you know, a 10-minute detour before the drowning. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's, it seemed like that was on the table there, and he chose what Ian said, not having to make up for that sin. Uh, just to add a little bit to uh, the discussion on this scene, I, I feel like um, Constantine doesn't realize how powerful... Of a, uh, what did they call her? Um, not a telepath. They called her something specific. A psychic? I think they referred to Isabel as at least. Oh, Shiner. As... No. <laughs> <laughs> they call her a, pa- they call her like, oh, they have a powerful psychic or something. But I don't think even John knows how powerful he is, how powerful she is until she, you know, she sees whatever and then like he even like rescinds his hand like whoa when mm. like the whole 
tub breaks and everything. I think that even shocks him, maybe with how powerful a psychic she actually is. That's right. probably what helps him like connect to like what the overall plan is then from Gabriel right. and um is it I'm not even gonna Manessin or something, the son of Satan. Mem- Memnon? Men- the Mennonites, whatever it is. I was I hoping was they me. said something as simple as Damien, because I couldn't hear it well, and I'm like, I hope they said Damien, because otherwise I'm not pronouncing that name. I feel like it was Memon. Meow meow? So, so, yeah, something very simple, <laughs> but it sounds complicated. Nonetheless, the scene where he, he drowns her, though, is actually very, like, I feel like it was very well filmed, because most of the time, uh, you know, a movie would cut away from something like that. So that they didn't have to actually film somebody being held underwater against their will and mm-hmm. their reaction to it. And yeah, I, they, I think they it was made they made well me done. feel uncomfortable. Yeah. 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 Which is what you should feel, you know, and so it exactly. really is a well shot scene. It's up um, there with the bathroom scene from Fear and Loathing for how uncomfortable I was. Okay. <laughs> I don't remember the scene from Fear and Loathing. It's been probably 20 years since I watched that movie. <laughs> but okay. Um I probably don't want reminded. Um <laughs> They play White Rabbit in it, which he did not direct the music video for. Interesting. Um, I feel like Tilda Swinton was fantastic as Gabriel. Um, it was a really good choice, especially since Tilda Swinton wasn't really known at all at this time. Um, so this was like a was this one of her first roles, like major roles? I didn't even I didn't look it up. I think it would um, depend on who you ask about that because i i didn't see it at the time but years later i remember seeing her in the beach with leonardo dicaprio which was like late 90s 2000 according to imdb i'm just looking now to see like okay she did before this right vanilla sky the Um, beach and adaptation things i recognize oh yeah okay I mean, the, I, I forgot to say, like, this was certainly the first thing that I, I know this is the first thing as I was watching it that I remembered seeing her in. Like, before this, I, I did not recognize her. She was not familiar to me whatsoever. Right. And I, so it was a fairly good pull because she has a very unique look and way about her that fits an angel in that sense that like a weird evil angel thing it works and the same goes with like peter stormare is um satan um and i think andy you said you didn't like gavin rossdale right no no so i'll say two different things gavin rossdale did really good in my opinion when he didn't speak he was very good at looking menacing <laughs> and looked, walking around. He looked looking the part, evil. but as soon as he started talking, you're right. <laughs> yeah, I feel it like it, it was one way or the other with him. Um, I like that Chaz kind of saves the day toward the end when John is like struggling, um, with like the Bible verses or whatever he's like reciting to try and help Angela at the end of it when whatever's going on there with the demon yeah in they're stomach. speaking in latin or something yeah yeah and he uh kind of saves the day only to instantly be killed um right right after it was kind of like well there's his sacrifice he gets to heaven i guess i don't know it was 
it felt bad to see it. Like, it felt good to see him save the day, and then it felt bad to see him, like, just get thrown off the ceiling, off the floor, off the ceiling, and then he's dead. It's like, oh, but I didn't want that. See, that surprised me, and I, I chalk that up as a good thing for the movie, because any movie that can surprise me is good. Where the story takes a turn that I'm not expecting, um, okay. all the better. Um, and the last thing I have is that it like the very end when Satan removes the cancer from John. It was uh, gross, but I loved like it, it's like that big brain play by Satan. Like, oh, okay, well I'm not gonna let him die, so you can't have him yet, and maybe he'll fuck up, and I can get him again. Mm-hmm. I I, I love that. It's a very Satan thing to do. So yeah, it, it <laughs> well, makes sense. It's also his last resort at that point. If he wants that soul, that's his only option. Right. And and, and how they're p- played up is gambling against each other, which to me is, is kind of weird because is it okay for God to gamble? I don't I don't know if that's like a thing or not. He's like done that many a times in the Bible. <laughs> well, yeah, you're right. So fair enough, but nonetheless, it's still like a gambler's play. Like it's it's a hundred percent like it works is what Satan would do in that moment, and I loved it. Yeah. Um, but that's the last of my notes. Okay. Um, trying to think what I have that we didn't talk about. Uh, again, yeah, I, I'm sort of like with Ian and Josh. I feel like I wanted to take notes, and I when I looked at mine, I don't feel like I took many. And it's not because the movie was bad. I think I was just kind of in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the the uh, exorcism scene at the beginning, I thought that was pretty cool. The way that was well done with the mirror and everything. Yeah. I thought that was cool. Specifically, I like how he um, let the sun shone through and like almost like flick through a whole bunch of different like religious symbols yeah. to see which one the uh, demon was going to react the most against. Mm-hmm. And then he found it and he was like, oh, yeah, he's hissing. This yeah. is the one. <laughs> Um, the the demon attack on the street at night with the insect monster thing, that was cool. I thought the special effects sort of stood out to me more in that scene than any other part of the movie. And that one, that's when I started thinking, okay, this movie holds up. Like, I, I get it. This looks cool. I'm on board. Like, I think these effects look better than, like, the I Am Legend stuff this director would go on to direct. Yeah, I would agree. Granted, it's been a while since I watched I Am Legend, but I, off the bat, I'm going to say yes. Well, I thought that looked bad when I saw it, like, in theaters. <laughs> Um, again I was surprised at the end when Shia died I think that because like Mike said he had his moment to shine and I was like okay here we go we've we've won the day this would be great and then nope quickly just dies like well that surprised me but that was kind of cool that it surprised me Um, and if that was how it ended I would have been really surprised he stayed dead but the the end credit scene that Andy sort of stumbled across gives him a second second chance I guess so that's even better I think I mean probably like Andy and maybe Mike for 15 freaking years until yeah. four days ago, maybe. I That's how I thought it did end. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'll be honest. I, when I rewatched this, you guys brought it up in our Discord chat that this was there. And I was like, holy shit, I'll have to watch it. And I watched it and I still forgot. And I got up and walked away from it. And <laughs> oh, I heard it playing in the other on. room. And I had to go back and rewind because <laughs> I just left the credits play while I went up. And there's, I had to rewind there is it. a, Probably more of a substantial amount of time than you would expect for a stinger to show up. Like, like the credits end rolling, and you're like, okay, I'm safe to leave the theater at this point, you know? <laughs> and you would think, you know? And then all of a sudden, like, a few seconds go by, and you're like, 
wait, what is this? Wait, what is happening? <laughs> the picture you is know? lightning. There's something coming up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're just like this. What? What? Uh, what? Yeah. Uh, the last thing that stood out to me that I enjoyed was that there is no romance between John and uh, what's her name? Ab- Angela. Thoughts, yes, Angela. I was trying to think the last name, and I couldn't place it there either. Um, like, they play with that. Like, you're expecting the kiss. He leans in a couple times like it's going to happen, and they don't. And I'm really glad that they don't. I think that's it for me. That's all. He sort of t- talks to Papa Midnight about it a little bit, too. He's like, tell me it's not about the girl. And yeah. he's like, it's not all about the girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but again, that's not a romance thing. I think to Ian's point, he's looking for the brownie points to get up there. Right. And, so there's, and, there's no romance addition, there. And, right. And in addition that it's possible that he just happened to have someone who he's trying to protect and have a good outcome for whether it's, yeah, for, you know, romantic reasons or not. Right. Because yeah, his cause, other I mean, friends has... are a fat, drunk priest and a crazy man that lives in a bowling alley. <laughs> <laughs> who loves bugs. <laughs> yeah. He loves bugs so much he named himself the bee man. <laughs> that was his downfall. Uh, um, uh, yeah, that's all I got. Um, Bri- do we want to spin around to dislikes, or? Well, I was actually going to ask Brian. Can can you? Like, I feel like since you and Ian were the two that didn't see this before, and then you got re- relegated to last for positives, and you had like not as much to talk about that you might otherwise have. Do you two want to go first for negatives? Uh, I have probably even less for negatives because I enjoyed it so much. Well, I, I would just hate for like uh, the rest of us to talk about any of your points. Like I'd, I'd like you to have the opportunity to be the one to bring them up. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, it'll go quickly because there's only a couple. Um, there's one edit that just stood out to me. Like, what the fuck? After the attack with the inset monster at night in the middle of the road when it's raining. After that fight, it just cuts, and it's done raining, it's at night, and suddenly Chaz shows up, and they're going somewhere. I was like, what the fuck just happened? There should have been some sort of transition here to further the story, and it was very jarring to me. Um, special effects that didn't hold up, the fucking CG coin that Rachel Weiss has to roll through her fingers, that was terrible looking. <laughs> By the way, did that not look like one of the uh, uh, Curse of the Black Pearl, Pearl treasure, oh, the, yeah. the Aztec treasure? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, when she pulled it out of the, the grate, I was like, <gasps> Johnny Depp. <laughs> uh, I don't know if this is a dislike, just just kind of a point to me, but I hate this kind of crap because it's not my cup of tea. But when that kid got hit with the car right at the beginning, scared the shit out of me watching that movie. <laughs> like, I literally jumped, and I hate when movies make me jump. I don't like the scare tactic shit. So it surprised <laughs> you? Yes, yes. <laughs> Well, no, no, don't spin it like that. No, because I like surprises. <laughs> Bad surprise. Sudden what? surprises are a no. It's it's the slow surprise that. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll tell. Yeah, we'll, we're gonna paint it that way. Um, and I think that's all I got. So, Ian, feel free to take it from there. Um, so I, this is this is more of a personal thing than I think anything the movie did wrong. So with B-Man's death, the first part of it starts with like a bug crawling from up under his bottom eyelid. I don't do eye stuff. Hated it. Don't do eye <laughs> stuff. It reminded me a little bit, uh, just the, the idea of like insects under the skin, but in the body Fuck. and whatnot. Reminded me a little bit of um, the, the the beetle thingies from the mummy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I had a single note on that moment. It's just, ew. <laughs> <laughs> just, I, I don't like eye stuff. Um, I, 
back to the Spear of Longinus, I, I like I identified it, but I, I thought it they never really go into like why it gives this one dude like near mythological powers, I guess, and then it's also how you summon Satan, like by stabbing the, someone with it, to, like summon so Satan, so the son of Satan comes through the hole, or does that thing turn that person into like the son I, of Satan? It just was weird. It went from superhuman power to we stab with it. You know, yeah, that's actually one of my negatives as well. Is you, there's really nothing saying how that guy gets drawn to the situation. Mm-hmm. You, you have to sort of cross those T's and dot those I's yourself. You know, you just kind of have to assume that some some influencer is telling him where to go. Because like mythologically and theologically it is a like holy relic on par with like the holy grail itself but it's it's not necessarily evil where it seems to be specifically dragging him to the son of the devil it just was this weird right. disconnect with how it functioned it didn't sour me on the movie obviously it just was weird when i like was thinking about it later it was like what was the point almost of some of this? Like, where did it connect? And that's that's it for negatives. Yeah, that's something that didn't occur Ga- to me. So yeah, yeah. Ga- Gabriel and um, Balthazar. Balthazar. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That those would be my assumptions as to like who was bringing it over to them, and that that was another thing that sort of uh, they could have connected to for me is when he does pull the the soldier demon out with the mirror. In the beginning, mm-hmm. a really cool scene. He sees a picture of the Spear of Longinus on the wall, drawn in red, and he plucks it. And that's when he takes the uh, the uh, amulet off of the priest and tells him to like watch the ether to see if he can notice anything that's going on. They could have done some sort of connective tissue there. Like, why was that picture of the Spear of Longinus on the wall? I'm assuming many people, not a lot of people probably zero people know what that actually looks like. And it is like a dead on like drawing of the spear. This is just me just spitballing here. Uh, Like, I guess it could come back to the girl being possessed. Like we don't know how long the possession was in her. Maybe that was the first sign of her being possessed is drawing ancient relics. Okay. Yeah. That's what I assumed when I saw it was that, you know, the person who's possessed there either, while possessed or something along those lines happened and i feel like that was just like a touch of it being there was like a sign for john to pick up like it was just but to be fair andy like he plucks it off the fridge at the beginning of the movie and he never pulls out of his pocket until the third act of the movie Right. So I would have liked something else in the middle there, too. Yeah. Yeah. That's some, something that's like, I mean, I know they kept showing us like, oh, my God, he's 132 miles away from Los Angeles, like in this I don't know, suburban or whatever the fuck that thing is, <laughs> you know, and you're it just something. What's the what's his driving force? Like, how is he getting to where he is? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I would have liked those dots connected better. I agree. For me. Um, Gavin Rossdale fucking sucked in the movie. <laughs> um, if I'm doing my negatives, like the whole, I fuck you. I wrote, fuck you. I wrote that fuck, specific shut line the down. Fuck up. Fuck you or finger licking good. Which one did you write? Just down? Shut the fuck up. Just shut the. Fuck I, I I made note of of that line in my illustrate to illustrate my my critique of him. He looked yes. fine. He looked fine. But Mike was right. As soon as he starts talking, oh, oh God no, shut up. <laughs> Stand there and look 
like Gavin Rossdale. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it, that scene has always bothered me, and I'm always like, oh, fuck, I can't believe that's the lead singer for fucking Bush. Dude, what machine what the fuck? <laughs> What's that? So you just shout at the TV, just do machine head and shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Glycerine or shut the fuck up. Yeah, yeah c- come, um, sing come down. That would be very <laughs> ironic in this case. Yeah. Greedy fly. Come on. <laughs> I think it's also funny that they didn't really use Bush in the soundtrack. Oh, yeah. The soundtrack was actually pretty good, I thought. Uh, there was a... Uh, oh, man. Trent Reznor and... Uh, Perfect, Perfect Circle, Circle. Song. Yeah. That was pretty well. Yeah. Perfect Circle. God, I haven't heard that band in a while. Yeah. Um, other negatives. There's not a lot of other negatives, in my opinion. Okay. Uh, Memnon could have looked cooler for the son of the devil. He just looked like a weird zombie-looking thing. Fair. I think that's, yeah, one of those things that I, a lot of monster movies do well, where they don't show what the monster is, because your imagination is scarier than whatever they could come up with. So I think that's it would have true. helped them there a lot to just obscure his look more. Yeah. Because that, that always makes me wonder... Go ahead, Andy. Sorry. Yes, mm-hmm. there was nothing distinguishing. Yeah, and that it always made me wonder: is the form that Peter Stormore Stormare is presenting to someone like John, is that how he looks, or is that what he makes himself look like for John? It's his walking skin. I, I, I definitely. <laughs> I was gonna say. I actually think that's kind of the truth actually Ian because we see when the the holy water gets thrown on Balthazar it just melts away that outer layer and mm, you get a look yeah. at what's actually underneath even though it doesn't look like the, the effects aren't that great you do get a look at what's underneath and it's not I mean it seems like it's just an outer layer you know what I mean like it's something they wear essentially yeah uh, Mike shall we spin to you any, any dislikes you want to get into um let me just go through my list here. I don't know that I have any. Um, oh, I do have one. Um, Tilda Swinton's feet on his face. That's disgusting. That bothered <laughs> me. In the same way that like the uh, the, the the fly with the eye Ian thing bothered me. You, you yeah, don't do feet are gross. Feet. I don't. That was yeah. that was the that was when I was like, wait, did Tarantino direct this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like it it lingered. And it like is a scene, and it was just like, ugh. And nonetheless, it, it, that's the only negative I've got is the disgusting foot on the face thing. Uh, Fair. Uh, was it because it was a got? foot on the face, or because she had been like walking all over the place with the feet? <laughs> the, a feet are just... always walking all over the place. That's why they're disgusting. <laughs> Fair point. Um, my so I I kind of I counted. I think I only have four quote negative points and 75 percent of them include gavin rosdale (laughs) um (laughs) the first non the first and only non gavin rosdale centric negative or critique is in the beginning sequence when he's expelling the demon and he traps it in the mirror um and the mirror gets stuck because the frame is too wide for the opening in the window and they put all this extra effort to pushing it through why not just turn the mirror laterally? Yeah, I thought that. And just shove it the F through. You don't need to put any extra force on it whatsoever. That was 
just not smart. Um, but yes, I, I specifically wrote down, uh, let's see, Rosdale's fresh meat. Ah, finger looking good. Reminds us strongly that he's not an actor. <laughs> and you should keep that in mind. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like it is absolutely delivered by somebody who doesn't understand how to talk like a human when you're still like an actor. <laughs> like it doesn't, it was, nobody would talk like that in real life at all. But like his delivery, the cadence, like all of it's bad. Um, the very next point I wrote that could be a negative is immediately later, Rossdale has more lines, reminding us again, he's not an actor. Uh, and then the fight, and I think that, that, that segues in, I think that was the scene with the, the fight with him and John in the office where he gets at, you know, acidified and all that. Um, so then the only other, only other point of that that I already mentioned was that that's one moment that I strongly think that the effects really didn't hold up and, and kind of failed is when you, they were doing like the, his face is half gone look, um, just, it's looked pretty bad to me. So I'm okay with that. Am I the only one that was okay with that? I had no issues with it either. I, I guess, like, for me, it really reminded me of, like, every time I've seen a Necronomicon, it like, has that, like, texture and, like, almost that level of CGI to it, too. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I get this. This looks good to me. Like, yeah, I didn't have a problem. I, I that, think it just fair. wasn't as good as the other effects in the movie. That, that too. Because I think could, everything yeah. else looks pretty well done. And so, in contrast, it, it definitely stands out. And it's one, it's one of the fewer things... One of the few things in the movie that I would say doesn't age well definitely doesn't hold up 15 years later. Uh, that, and yeah, that's it. That's that's all I got. So I'm kind of just thinking about this now. It has less to do with the movie, but Josh, you might be the only one that can sort of chime in on this. Mm. My, I haven't seen this movie. Again, this is the first time I'm watching it. My exposure to Constantine has been through the CW with okay. the, the C shows that were there. So I, I got accustomed to him with Matt Ryan's portrayal and like... Legends of Tomorrow and the little cameos he's had in Flash and uh, Arrow. He had a full season of TV, which I actually didn't watch. I didn't see him until he came into the Arrowverse and stuff like that. Have you, Josh, have you seen any of the episodes that he's shown up in, in the TV shows? I haven't, um, unless really the only Arrowverse show that I've watched from beginning to its current point is The Flash. Uh, I haven't actually watched really the other shows much. Um, so unless there's an episode there, like on a crossover or something that he pops in for an episode or something, uh, no, I haven't. Okay. Does anyone else watch the CW stuff or is it just me? No. Okay. I watched the first season of Arrow, the first season of Flash, and I didn't continue either after. I watched the first episode of Supergirl. (laughs) Pick the worst one to start with. Whoa, whoa, it's the first one. I have to start with that one. (laughs) I think he means character. Oh, yeah. I thought she meant episode. I'm like, what no, no, the no, fuck no, do you want series. from me? <laughs> out, of, out of the series, I think the other ones are a lot better. Is this like how you skip the first season of Parks and Rec? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think like like Matt Ryan's portrayal is a little bit, I guess that's the one I was basing it off of. He gives John a little bit more swagger to him. Because he can act a lot better than Keanu can. Well, maybe that, that could be part of it too, but I don't know. I just, That's, I think, my comparison, which I liked. I was surprised how much I liked Keanu coming off of all the Matt Ryan Constantine that I've seen, and they, they do play them a little bit differently, but yeah, just that being my bar, I did think Keanu did good. All right, so I guess that's mostly it for our thoughts. Uh, all right, so we're going to, this is the point where we sort of start asking everybody, 
the whole reason that we sort of did this thing is to ask the question, does this movie hold up? Uh, Josh, does it hold up? I think absolutely, yeah. Mike? Yep. Ian? Oh, yeah, I think if maybe that one CGI scene where maybe instead of that, instead of fixing the CGI on Balazar's face, you just replace him with a different actor. <laughs> maybe <laughs> redub the lines from that actor got, or someone else. You got too. a perfect movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I would agree. I think this does the hold up, hold up for even first time viewing for me, too. But yeah, I, I'd agree. It holds up. Can, uh, and Mike, this is the time you've been waiting for. Review out of 10. Okay, I was actually going to want to insert one more thing that we didn't talk about. Okay. So your your favorite like CGI bug and snake th- demon thing, it actually has a name according to IMDb that is actually like a comic book character. That is Vermin Man. No. That is the oh, name of I, the character. I saw Vermin somebody Man. credited as that, but I didn't understand what it meant. <laughs> yeah, I was like, who the fuck was Vermin Man? <laughs> I was like, that guy was probably pretty cool. <laughs> I'm thinking of like some like half man rat that's like living in the sewers. <laughs> Anyone familiar with it is going to be upset with us because apparently John Constantine was introduced while Alan Moore was writing Swamp Thing. Yes, he was created. I, I didn't know that until I, I had read Alan Moore's Swamp Thing run, as I've mentioned before, but I and I knew Constantine appeared in it, but I did not know until doing a little bit extra like doing the research for this episode that i didn't know that more and that team actually created the character entirely i didn't know that was their invention yeah same and just like everything else alan moore has ever done i think since like from hell might have been the last movie that his name ever appeared on he doesn't appear anywhere on the credits of this movie for like characters created by based on that like nothing he is not attached to this whatsoever yeah i was saying right now the constantine comic book hellblazer is not active no oh, they currently it, it, new it got a relaunch in 2019 as part of the sandman universe but it was canceled after 12 issues because covid uh oh, okay well but it, it looks i mean if you're interested it looks like listeners they're uh like the original hellblazer series looks like it ran from 1988 to 2013 so there's quite a lot of source material there to go back to if you want. Oh, it had a 300 issue run. Yeah, pretty good. All right. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'd, I'd to Andy's point, I think I'd be interested to see what kind of Easter eggs are in there, only because this is like, I'd still call this sort of before the boom of comic book movies. Like this is after oh, yeah. Spider-Man Two, but we're in the midst of like Daredevil and the Fantastic Four yeah, and this... movies that still don't seem like they're taking superhero movies and comic book movies as seriously. Yeah, so this... this keep in mind this this came out the same year. This came out uh, another DC property. This came out five months before Batman Begins. This, okay. was, th- this was a February release, and Batman was in the summer, and I think it was the same year as the first Fantastic Four. I mean, yeah. It, with Batman Begins and the Dark Knight and stuff, DC kicked the shit out of them for a while, and then it just the scales tipped the other way for a while. And I mean, Dark Knight was the same year as Iron next. Man. They were both yes. 2008. And we know right. which one was like better. two months later. Yep. Well, I mean, Dark Knight was still better than Iron Man. I don't think that's Dark Knight is. I'm looking at Brian, waiting to see if he's going to say something. I don't <laughs> think even Brian's going to argue that one. 
They're both great, I, but the Dark yeah, Knight that's, is... Yeah, that's, that's a discussion for another time. Because yeah. I feel like <laughs> Iron Man is like a pitch-perfect movie, and it's hard for me to find dislikes with that movie. So, I don't see. I don't think Knight. Pitch Dark Perfect Knight's... was that good. Wasn't a huge fan. <laughs> pitch Perfect? I love yeah. Pitch Perfect, too. That's a guilty pleasure movie of mine. <laughs> I'll fight you on that one, too. Three's terrible. Two's, two's decent. Well, three's not terrible. Three has a subplot that's really terrible. But... Anyway, we're not going to do the Pitch Perfect podcast here. <laughs> uh, spinning it back around. Ratings out of 10. Mike, do you have a rating or do you want to go last? 8.4. Okay. You want to elaborate a little bit with that or no? I, I really enjoyed it. I don't think it's, you know, a perfect movie by any means. It didn't hit that nine and above scale for me. You know what I mean? But. An extremely solid movie, enjoyable, rewatchable. Um, I'll watch it again someday for sure. Uh, Josh, out of ten. Um, I, I'm I'm actually going to end up going pretty high on this. I know I've I've hedged most of my other ones that I've enjoyed a lot lower because I'm like I need room to have you know a lot of the MCU or or, or certain other titles above there. But I'm gonna I'm gonna put this at like an eight. I'm gonna give it an eight point three. I really thought you were gonna go higher than eight point three. Yeah, I was the way expecting nine ish. Yeah. With that lead in. Uh potentially I I mean again, there there's not there again, as we've said for the last hour and a half, there's very little that we substantially think is bad about this, and there's a lot of good strong points to it. Um, but there's definitely things that I think could like we could discuss in the future that excel more than this did. Okay. Uh Andy, out of ten? I give it a nine. I'm definitely Andy and not not at all Brian trying to be Andy. Okay. Uh, Ian, out of ten. I, I really enjoyed this film. Like we've me and you I know have mentioned, I think Josh also mentioned it, it was hard to take notes. I literally there was a point where I was like, I haven't written anything down in a pretty long time. What the fuck am I gonna <laughs> do? Because I have started to depend on my notes for this. I that's that's kind of my whole reason for being when I show up to this nowadays <laughs> is the notes. I live I live and die by them. But it was just very engaging. I think I said last time um Swamp Thing was the most fun movie we had done on this. It wasn't the best movie, but it was the most fun. Mm-hmm. This was not just the most engaging. I think it stole like most fun movie. This was really I think pound for pound possibly the best one we've done so far so with that in mind i'm gonna have to give it a one (laughs) one zero no i'm giving it a nine okay (laughs) uh yeah i think this is this is up there for me too i i'm sort of like josh like i kind of want to hedge my bets and not go as high as like a nine or something because i feel like there will be other movies that i think fit that bill better but after a first viewing, I think I, I've come away from this really enjoying it a lot more than I thought to the point where I'm like, ooh, I should like buy this on 4K and I should <laughs> rewatch this you know, frequently because I like it so much. Um, so fuck it. I'm going to go nine as well. I think, I think it's where I'm going to sit with this one. And this is now the highest rated movie we've watched. Which, Easily. considering most of us had said we don't really fair. have any bad notes for this, I, yeah. that's expected. So it's it's a full, more than a full point higher than the next film. Yeah, which is Turtles. Turtles. Yeah, yeah. I wonder why. Which I think I rated this higher than Turtles. You did. Which is a little bit surprising to me, but no I one knew. rated this lower than Turtles. I well, knew. except Josh. Oh, Mike. Yeah, barely. It doesn't even yeah, really barely. count. Barely. <laughs> 
No, I mean, it, it really is. It's, it's a minimal... Statistical anomaly. Yeah. <laughs> it's a minimal difference. I'll still stick by the Turtles being 0.35 better than Constantine. Um, <laughs> according to my ratings. I stand by that. So. I think the Turtles has more more flaws that I can pick apart if I really want to. Turtles is sort of like Swamp Thing. It, not like Swamp Thing, but it fits more that Swamp Thing bill where it's just a fun watch. I can I can ignore the... the the problems with it just for the fun of what the movie is. I think mm. this is a much better film. You gave Swamp Thing a 2.5 and you thought it was fun? <laughs> I was using your comparison. <laughs> okay, I was like, you had fun? <laughs> yeah, that. well, it, it, fun in a bad way. Like a bad a bad fun. <laughs> like, if that makes sense. It's so bad, it's sort of kind of fun, but yeah. I'm not really wondering is... what you rate The Room. Oh, that, that's a fun movie. Like, that's that's a, not a bad fun, that's a good fun. <laughs> Um, all right, so I think it's about time where we spin the wheel. Which wheel would that be? That would be the wheel of fate. The wheel of fate! Uh, all right, so on the wheel right now, we have our two franchises that are still there, Swamp Thing and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. The standalone movies that have carried over are Valerian and the City of, of a Thousand Planets, Cowboys and Aliens, and Watchmen. The addition that is replacing Constantine is 1984's Supergirl. God, I know what this is landing on. <laughs> so, any <laughs> any any predictions here? What do you guys want to oh, see? I... What do you think we'll see? We're getting Supergirl. Want Watchmen? Think Supergirl. <laughs> I rewatched Watchmen just like a year ago before we started watching the HBO series, and so it's been longer since I've seen Cowboys and Aliens. So I think that's what I'm pulling for. I've only seen Cowboys and Aliens once, so I feel like it deserves a rewatch. Yeah. Same here. I I remember it not living up to what I wanted, so that's kind of why I'm like, I kind of just want to give it another shot and see if it's still rough or... Um, Alright, you guys can see the wheel? Yeah. Indeed. Alright, here we go. I never can tell which way it's actually anticipation. until it slows down. Clicky, clicky, clicky. All the colors kind of blend into one color. <laughs> I feel like I'm when it goes fast enough, stop! Yeah. Hey, there you go. Oh, there it is! All right, Cowboys and Aliens gets the rewatch. Nice. Is this a first time viewing for anybody? Yeah. Just Ian. He sounds thrilled. There's a lot of explosions in this one, Ian. So I, I when I remember, that. I saw a trailer for this when I was in another film, and I was like, I'm never gonna watch this movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you could do it for this show. <sighs> I might skip. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, at this point, I remember absolutely nothing about this movie other than the cast. Yeah, like, I, I can see Daniel Craig in a cowboy hat in my head, and that's about it. The, I mean, the cast is huge. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. a good cast. Yeah. Yeah, Olivia Wilde, Harrison Ford. Uh, Paul Dano. Yeah. Oh, that's right. All it's right, I'm looking cast. forward to this one. So, maybe it's better than what I remember, because I don't remember anything. <laughs> so this will be like a first viewing because I remember none of it. There you go. All right, so that should be fun. Uh, all right, so I think that's it for this episode. That's where we're gonna end. Um, Mike, Ian, I'll give you guys a chance. You guys want to plug anything? I don't. I don't have anything written down to plug. But if you want to check out the Twitch channel, you can tw check it out. Twitch.tv/rareachievements. You can check out the YouTube channel. That's Rare Achievements on YouTube. You gotta search for the channel. Uh, you can check out, you know, my top ten video games of all time, some Destiny how tos, some game reviews, all that kind of stuffs up there. And uh, every other Tuesday, right now, Ian and I are doing a play along thing where we discuss gaming news. 
and just what we're doing in gaming kind of as well on what's like would you say that's gonna be the 13th or 14th you looked at the date and is it the 14th you guys just did one right so it should be about two weeks out it'll be on the 15th 15th so on the 15th the year of our lord 2020 yes (laughs) Uh, we will be having our cyberpunk episode presuming cyberpunk actually releases um the whole episode is going to be about cyberpunk unless some gigantic bombshell also happens before then we'll include that too but we're going to be discussing cyberpunk on the 15th and uh i'll be playing cyberpunk while we discuss it so hop in and check us out at that time that'll be 7 p.m december 15th was it rare achievement or rare achievements i can't remember an s achievements yes okay rare multiple, achievements. multiple achievements the the rare achievement is the twitter handle because that maxes out the okay. characters allowed on twitter i can't fit the s in there because i'm not allowed right okay uh josh andy anything you guys want to plug i'll give you guys an opportunity to oh, i don't get the plug i mean i gave you both mike jumped on it okay it's fine. Well, i mean i plugged for myself <laughs> and a little bit for him he could have something else to plug that's true that's true you probably got like five other youtube channels to plug I have some, but, you know, I'll, I'll wait. I'll save it. <laughs> uh, Andy? Josh, anything? No, I don't do anything else in my life. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, all right, so if you've enjoyed the show, please support us. Leave a five-star rating and review. Uh, give us a share on social media. Make sure you follow, subscribe to the show wherever you keep up with us. Spotify, iTunes, Google, Anchor, Stitcher, any of those. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. Search Bry Guy and his Super Friends. Go to facebook.com slash Friends. You can send us questions, comments, topics, suggestions, any of that stuff there. Uh, you can try to email us, braggasuperfriends at gmail.com. Uh, it's there. I can check it. I probably won't I'd go out of my way to check it anytime soon, but it's there. So give us an email if you want. Uh, hit us up on Twitter at bgsuperfriends. Uh, feel free to follow me on Twitch also, Jedi Bry Guy. Uh, whenever we decide to do another live show, we will do it there. And that's it for us. On behalf of Andy, Ian, Josh, Mike, and myself, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. Set out Simp Shrimp Old T Nation. Man, that's a wiggity wiggity whack.